Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Just give me one sec. I need to go and remove a mouse. <laughs> Back in a moment. Your podcast is important to us. It has been invaded by a mouse. Please bear with us where we remove the invading mouse. Your podcast is important to us, but the cat has brought in a mouse. Please bear with us. And welcome to episode 269 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. You're back after being off for a few weeks because you've been very, very busy. And I think we said you'd fallen down a well last week. I think that was the reason we gave. But yeah. that, that sounds plausible enough. So let's roll with that. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Uh, well, mostly being down the well, I was limited only to, to handheld gaming experiences <laughs> and uh, didn't have any Wi-Fi. Um, so, yeah, that, that obviously put a little bit of a dampener on my week. Um, yes. But other than that, I was playing a bit of an indie game called Eternum EX. Okay. I don't know if you spotted that stream. That was a, that, that was a game I saw, that no. was uh, pointed my way that caused, caused near rage quitting. It's very arcadey. <laughs> it's like you jump around on platforms and the main levels you're collecting all of these sort of chests with power-ups and stuff in while endless amounts of enemies respawn at you. And um, right. then you have the these tower sort of boss fight type things you have to get to the top of the tower of platforms and enemies then fight a boss and uh, it's proper old school sort of 8-bit arcade inspired in terms of you slightly mistimed something you're dead so an enemy hits you you're dead Ooh, you fall off yeah. a platform on one of the tower climbs you fall all the way down and start over oh yes it's proper old school platformy I'm looking at some screenshots at the moment yeah it's and kind of, so kind of I was playing that on stream so every now and again I'd look over at chat slightly mistimed a jump and they'd be like no <laughs> and uh, yeah it's quite unforgiving it's got that preciseness that if you jump at the wrong point you uh. headbutt the platform underneath and don't make the jump and you've got to do the jumps just from the edge oh, and uh, very little margin for, for error in it good fun though like i played it for the played it for the entire stream uh they sent me over some yes. keys to give away and that was good fun and it was one of the, it's one of those games where you're like nope 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 i'm not playing it anymore i'm not playing it anymore i just <laughs> just one more go at this boss just 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 one more go at the boss then i'm not playing it anymore oh, and uh, yeah, that was quite a few a few hours uh really cute if you watch the animations like the jump animations and things they are super 
super cute. It's very tongue in cheek. And <laughs> I, I like that old school kind of when people put little bits of sense of humor in. It's one of the reasons I love games like Metal Slug yeah. is because they have like in all the animations, there's this underlying sense of humor. And I saw little little tiny hints of that kind of mentality in some of the animations for the bosses and uh, the, the jump animation for your main character. You, you know what I mean if you see it. So yeah. I played a bit of that and uh, then rage quit it and uh, burnt my entire computer. <laughs> but I was down a well, so there was water and I was fine. Yes. Other than that, I'm still watching the 3%. I finished the series I was right, on and yes. thought, right, I finished that series, finished that series, we're good. And then realized that I'm so far behind, there's already another one. <laughs> so I'm now watching series four and right. it's going in directions I did not think it would there go. I give them absolute props for every single series has a different plot arc. And right, okay. It's because I kind of, after the first series, because it's based in a sort of slightly dystopian future world where a lot of humanity's resources are gone. You have one offshore place which has all of the resources and all of the wonders of modern technology, but there's only enough for a three percent of the population to enjoy that kind of luxury. And everyone else lives in basically squalor and has like very little electricity even and things like that. And um, you have to pass a test at 21 to prove you are worthy of being part of the three percent, at which point you can go and live on this island. Otherwise, you can never try again. So this whole entire community is built around, you know, up until the age of 21, you're desperately trying to to be good enough, to know enough to be to do this test. And if you fail, you have no hope of ever living right. in this um, in this wonderful part of society. So it's it's the class divide, but taken to extremes um, yeah, with all these yeah. other mechanisms in place as well. There's obviously a resistance group that rises up against that. Um, after the first series, I was like, how would you do another series? We've watched these characters go through the tests and the outcome of that. What's next? And the next series, I was like, oh, okay, they're taking it in this direction. Oh, that's cool. And then there was a third series and I was like, well, how are they going to evolve this story again? And then they just, and then by the end of that, I was like, wow, yeah, they've, they, there is no repetitiveness in this. They've taken <laughs> their themes and every arc has a completely different evolving direction. And the characters are very layered. They are very flawed characters that are the product of their surroundings and their hopes and dreams and the limitations that society is placing on them. They also explain everything. I, I do like my sci-fi shows that don't just have, ooh, mysterious plot device, ooh, you know. I, they explain how the world got here, how the decisions were made that led to this thing, how the people that made those decisions were flawed or were trying their best or had their own motives or like everyone's got multi-layered backstory and it's really, really, really good. I'm absolutely loving it. So I'm now trying to find the time while being obviously down this well um, to uh, <laughs> to get the Wi-Fi signal to finish watching this series. And honestly, I started off thinking this is a one series type thing. And now I'm thinking, I wonder how long this is going to continue for because they've surprised me at every turn uh, in the best possible way so massively ah, enjoying that yeah the fourth series is the final there series there we go there's the answer to that and that's why I come on this podcast is to have my hopes and <laughs> dreams crushed while being told I'm trucked down a well <laughs> yes so, the fourth and final series is out now it's on Netflix yeah. it's a Brazilian series isn't it I it think. is yeah Not, and uh, uh, they have subtitled and dubs versions I'm watching the subtitled versions I watch a little bit of the dub version for comparison and they've done a, a reasonable job to try and do the best they can at mm. dubbing something which is live action but it is perfectly watchable in, in a dubbed version if you're not keen on subtitles as well cool. and I've seen a few series like that on Netflix they've been pretty good 
at doing what looked to me to be very good subtitles and also at trying their best to do dubbed versions as well, just mm. to make it as accessible as possible, which is awesome. Because I watched some of, uh, was it Better Than Us? A series yes, which the looked... Russian yeah. kind Russian humans kind of. Yeah, yes. I, don't, I feel bad describing it that way, but that's the yeah. easiest way to give it a point of reference. And I watched a couple of those episodes in the dubbed version because I was doing other things at the same time. And I'd say that usually the subtitled versions are a little bit better but they they did put effort into you know it wasn't badly acted or overacted in any way shape or form so i think they did a, a reasonable job at that compared to when we used to see dubs you know sort of even a decade ago yeah i, I like the fact that they're putting in the effort to that so props to netflix for that one because it's a lot of these shows that are sort of like partly funded by netflix and netflix originals and stuff that have these decent dubs on them um so mm. that's that's pretty good in other news uh, i finished alien isolation <laughs> wow i know finally yeah I know, right? To be fair, I think A, if I wasn't utterly, utterly terrified and don't play horror games and B, if my chat weren't sending me jump scares every 10 seconds, I would have (laughs) finished it slightly quicker. But I definitely got my money's worth on that one. Completed that, which is good. I got to celebrate for Mm -hmm. about 10 seconds. However, now my viewers have me playing Dead Space. (laughs) And how's that? Um, It's... Worse? Better? Different. (laughs) I thought... My general feeling about Dead Space was that it was going to be a bit more mindless, action-y, you know, a bit Resident Evil in space type just kind of thing. But, you know, like just just less on the plot, more just on the shooting thing and on the kind of action stuff. I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. So props to the people that made Dead Space on that regard. It is incredibly creepy. The small Mm -hmm. touches they've put in with, you can hear like people whispering out of the the corner, (laughs) you know, like the menu, I swear is changing every time I play the game I swear the menu is not the same like it's spooky I it's I, I thought Alien Isolation's menu was scary Dead Space is winning <laughs> wow and you know I don't know when terrifying menus became a thing but these people were clearly <laughs> raising the bar for making you not want to play the game because you can't even get past the menu <laughs> um, yeah it is far creepier with much more depth to it than I realized there right. is actual yeah. definite, you know, there, there is multi-layered plot going on in Dead Space that I, because it's not the kind of game I play because it's terrifying and I don't play scary <laughs> games, despite the fact I've been playing scary games now for months. Yes. It's genuinely got a creepy, full on, better than a lot of horror movies I've seen plot. Nice. And I give them credit for that because I had not realized there was going to be that level of depth to the game that makes it much more genuinely scary and I am displeased with that (laughs) 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 so it's like with Alien Isolation where I'm just like I dislike the developers because they've done too good a job we're getting that as well here Um, the only downside is that I mean there's been a few things I've had to patch because it's a 12 year old game now I'm playing it on PC there's a few very easily accessible patches you need to play it nowadays otherwise you get weird your mouse feels feeling like it's in treacle and ah. um, if you also have a controller plugged in that you're not mm. using just plugged into the USB that can crash the game it crashed twice oh really yeah wow. and I, it, they seemed to be crashing as we were going through a cutscene or something like that and it, somebody googled it and said have you got a USB controller plugged in that can do it <laughs> 
So I unplugged That's my controllers bizarre. and it didn't crash again. So it's obviously got a weird thing with detection on on controllers. Right. Um, also, the controls on keyboard and mouse, like it can't remap stuff to my extra mouse buttons. Oh, OK. Which yeah. is frustrating. And I think even for a game that's that old, we still had mice with yeah, more buttons naughty. on them. Yeah. So I can't reload on my mouse. Ah, I can't change annoying. weapon on my You know, it's just stuff like that that is really important. And there's, there's just a few things with the controls that have been driving me balmy absolutely <laughs> balmy so if you press the m button it brings up the map right. what would you expect to happen if you press the m button again close the map no you've got to press the tab button oh okay and uh, there's another one which is if you bring up uh, another sub menu i can't remember which button it is but you bring it up and again it doesn't close by pressing the same button again but that one doesn't close by pressing tab you've got to press escape <laughs> <laughs> so there's stuff like that's yeah. driven me a little bit a little bit balmy because Yes. I'm, it's it's it, just not intuitive, but a lot of people have said it, this very design much. By, yeah, it's very yeah. much a controller first thing, but stuff like mm. that, you're like, okay, maybe you, you expect a lot of your users are going to play on controller, but not everyone can and not everyone wants to. Mm. Some of these things you can remap. So there were a few buttons where I was like, if I hold the button to do this, I can't press WASD and I need to do that at the same time. And I've remapped yeah. a couple of buttons, but you can't change things like pressing M to open map and pressing tab to close it again. Yeah. I can only That's... remap one or the other of those bits because it isn't a universal close function. There are several buttons yeah, that close yeah, yeah. things. Um, so, I mean, overall, I'd say I'm enjoying it. Uh, my viewers are enjoying me watching me not enjoying it. <laughs> um, but yeah, a few things like that are a little bit frustrating. But so far as plots, story, stuff like that, scariness, creepiness, which I hadn't expected, they're, they're doing good. So, yeah, I'd say I'm enjoying it, but I'm not. But I think that's the point. Entirely the point. Which day is your scream stream saturday scream stream that's in the evening isn't it yes. yeah 7 p.m in the evenings for that one uh, if anyone wishes to watch me being terrified <laughs> the every other day of the week is the less terrifying things though so uh yeah yes. you, you get a choice best of both worlds watch me hiding yeah. behind my chair or being happy which whichever people find most entertaining which is apparently <laughs> mostly uh the former you've been terrified yes yeah, yeah. Who, no, who knew? it's usually highly entertaining thank you for your support well, <laughs> you're welcome what have you been up to apart from watching me being terrified well i mean i would say i'm not particularly a horror person either although one of the things i have been catching up with this week is fear the walking dead because in the next couple of weeks we've got uh walking dead coming back for not not this week but the following week we've got walking dead coming back for its quote-unquote finale although it isn't now because they've added another six episodes to season 10 and uh the new spin-off world beyond uh or worlds beyond is um coming out as well and i was looking around for something new to watch and i then stumbled across amazon and realized i hadn't actually anywhere near finished the walking dead so i jumped back in on it was about three episodes into season three so i really enjoy that series it's sort of a secondary thing to the main walking dead show and i mm. kind of walked away from it a little bit i struggle with it slightly in that there are very defined character types in the main walking dead show and it all feels a little bit fuzzy and i don't care as much about the characters in fear the walking dead so that third season i i was struggling a little bit to get 
get through. But season four is really interesting. I've watched the first couple of episodes of season four, which is the season where they introduce Morgan, who is a Walking Dead character. And the opening episode of that, it's like watching an entirely different spin-off show because the entire episode is how they introduce Morgan. And until the very end, you don't see any of the Fear the Walking Dead characters show up. So that's sort of a weird, interesting way of introducing them. But I'm a couple of episodes into that, and I do like where they're going with that kind of new storylines. You get these worlds clashing together, which is kind of interesting. So uh, I am quite enjoying that. The next season's due out on AMC next week as well, although I haven't got AMC because of the stupid way that it's distributed in the UK. So I've got to wait until it comes out on Amazon, but I've got the whole of the fourth and the fifth season to get through yet anyway. So, you know. Uh, You've been for a while then. Yeah, so that's, that's what, 16 episodes each. So I've got a while to get through those. Utopia on Amazon I also watched as well. This is the Amazon version of the much beloved UK TV show, British TV series. This is a new version of it. Yeah, so this is the American Amazon remake version of the Channel 4 UK yes. original. And they, I remember them announcing they were going to remake this pretty much as our version finished and it's taken quite a while. So I'd kind of forgotten about it. I didn't actually realise it was still in production because it sort of seemed to get announced and then sit on the sidelines for a bit. So I was quite surprised to see this sort of pop up, sort of like almost out of nowhere. They've done an interesting job with it, actually. It's from Gillian Flynn, who is probably best known for writing things like the Gone Girl movie, Sharp Objects as well, the HBO series was her. She wrote the original novel Sharp Objects and Gone Girl as well. It's interesting. Apparently the reviews have very much been, American reviewers seem to love it, British reviewers seem to hate it, from what I could tell. And I'm trying to go into it without any kind of real bias of it being a remake of the British series. And I have to say, I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought they've done a nice, interesting job it changes little bits and pieces here and there. There are some characters in this which aren't in the original, but I, I think it, it in some ways kind of updates the story a little bit. And they, you know, there's there's obviously more stuff with things like mobile phones, and they meet at a comic con this time, which I don't think how it happened in the no, original not series. At all. I mean, they are a group of friends, but and the basic premise is sort of the same in that they are a group of friends. They're they're obsessed with this comic book. The idea with this one is there is a comic book called Dystopia, which is the comic book they're all obsessed with. There has been a long rumored sequel to it called it Utopia, which somebody's clearing out a house and finds a copy of Utopia or the you know the original Utopia manuscript and realizes what he has and goes to a comic con to basically try and sell it to the highest bidder. And that's where the group that have been obsessed with Dystopia and have only really met online on a chat room, decide to come together to this Comic Con to try and get a look and potentially buy the comic book. Yeah, so that's the, so quite a the, different setup because in the original one, it's kind of an underground graphic novel made by someone who's basically been committed to kind of thing that's considered the work of someone who was possibly a genius, possibly mad, and they're all drawn together over the beginning of the series because of their ties to this and um, their completely different kind of lives. So they aren't friends before the 
start of the original series. So that's a very different kind of setup. Yeah, in this version, they are friends, but they're they're friends only in virtual space. They're not yeah. they're not friends in real life. They've never met in real life, and this is the thing that draws them all together. So it's a slightly different setup, but I think it works. Um, mm. They meet up at this comic con. They manage to each get a, a look at a little bit of the book because the way that they're trying to sell it to sort of show it's original is they get them to come up to a suite and they get to look at a page of the book and then place a bid for it just to sort of show it's genuine and then they place a bid on how much they want to bid to buy the book then somebody else comes in and they get to see a different page and stuff it's sort of interesting setup and it, I, I think it works though yeah there are characters like i think john cusat's character i'm not sure was in the original he's a scientist for a pharmaceutical company they've only really just introduced him in the second episode so i don't know that much about him but it's it, he's invented this new kind of entirely chemical meat product and at the same time there is an illness which is starting to pop up in places where this meat replacement product has been used so there seems to be some sort of connection there the graphic novel itself does still have all the secret messages into various viruses and predicting forthcoming events and that sort of stuff so that was all still in there and it's still kind of this weird novel that they're all completely obsessed with as well so yeah i like the setup of it i think it's it's, doing it's quite an a good interesting job. one like i'd like to watch it and and give it a go and see because obviously our one got cut short it was a brilliant series over here it was absolutely mm. beautiful and vicious and the use of cinematography in the series that we had was phenomenal the show was a piece of art the use of color the use of framing the use of juxtaposing oversaturated almost fairy tale looking things with images that were quite horrific in some ways as well that yeah that kind of aspect of it that visual aspect of it the direction the cinematography the color grading and stuff like that was kind of integral to the storytelling in our version and i was kind of thinking about the american version how are you gonna if you do something similar with use of color and with framing and with that kind of imagery you're going to be seen as imitating but if you do something different yeah. you're going to be seen as doing something flatter that doesn't have the beauty and the stylistic uniqueness of what made the original series one of the reasons that made the original series such such a work of brilliance. And I sort of looked at it and I was like, I'm not sure how you can win there. Like, that's quite a difficult yeah. one because yeah. you can't win either way. So I'm curious to see visually how it's put together and stuff as well, because that was such a strong draw to the original. Yeah, It's one of those ones where I really loved the original and I can watch things objectively in order to, you know, put on my reviewer hat and watch something objectively in order to look at it as a, a different piece of work and compare and contrast and judge it on its own merits but i think it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to enjoy it yeah. as a standard viewer because i love the original so much i don't think it is visually as interesting as the uk version i know what you mean i think that would have been kind of slightly difficult to pull off because it was so distinctive i mean the cinematography is perfectly fine they do a perfectly reasonable job but it's not got quite the strangeness of the first one the music is is quite good it was one 
one of those things. I love the title sequence, actually, by the way. Uh, the music's by Jeff Russo, who I've interviewed many, many times. He's the same guy that does the music for Discovery and Picard and all the Star Trek stuff these days. He also worked on the Umbrella Academy as well. You know, the music's really good. Visually, like I say, it looks great. It's just not got that really quirky, off-the-wall weirdness that the British version had. But overall, as a story, I think it's well acted. It's well put together. It's got a good cast in there. So I've been really enjoying it. It's been good. Yeah, I will definitely check it out at some point, but I will just try my best to make sure I'm judging it on its yes. own merits. Whereas whenever I see the title, I get very tempted to rewatch the UK one, which I don't think would be fair <laughs> to do before watching this one. No, I, I think it's it would be unfair to directly compare the two of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It would be nice to see as well if this one does go off in a strong direction of its own. We didn't get a complete resolution, much as I love our no. version. We didn't get, you know, we needed a third series and I really, really wish that they had made it. So mm. maybe this one will evolve the story off and have a full conclusion, which would be nice. Yeah, it would be. So a couple of other things that were new this week as well. 911 Lone Star finally has started airing over here, which I've really enjoyed. It's basically, I mean, it's 911 in the same way that CSI New York was CSI, in that there is no direct connection at the moment between the two shows. It's just exactly the same concept stuck in a different city, essentially. But 911 is a a great procedural. I mean, I think if you've listened to other shows, you know me and Matt have been talking about, I think this is one of the best procedurals ever made. And uh, I think Lone Star is continuing that. It does a really, really good job of it. Rob Lowe's very, very watchable in the lead. Liv Tyler, who is the other lead in this, is actually not staying around after the first season. Apparently, she's she's kind of, they do sort of conclude her story in the first season, but she's uh, apparently leaving the show, which lines up with what was announced a few weeks ago in that Gina Torres is joining. And it sounds like the, the job position that Liv Tyler's character had is going to be replaced by Gina Torres's new character. So uh, that's fine. And I mean, Liv Tyler's great, but I'm even more happy to have Gina Torres in there. So, you know, that's uh, that's all good. 911 Lone Star, the basic setup of it is that it's a New York firefighter who ends up relocating with his son from Manhattan to Austin, Texas, whereas 911 is set in Los Angeles. You've now got one that is set in Texas and he's trying to build up a firehouse entirely from scratch that has had this major tragedy happen to it and the reason they've brought this guy in is because he did the same thing in New York after 9-11 just rebuilding the firehouse from scratch you know so um, yeah I, I like the setup of it I think it's an interesting different direction there's enough familiarity and enough differences with it that I think it makes it a different enough show from the original with still having things that you like and find familiar with it and it's a new cast of characters and uh, yeah I'd be interested to see whether they do actually do some crossovers with it at some point later on the other thing I watched was Evil which is airing now on Alibi which it's kind of a supernatural X-Files is essentially the setup for it so you've got a forensic psychologist who is working with the police on various cases and one of the cases that she's 
working on the guy that they're trying to convict it claimed that he's possessed by something and this catholic priest type guy he's not actually a priest he's been training to be a priest played by mike coulter he turns up with his mate played by asim mandif and they're investigating and trying to find out whether this guy genuinely is possessed by something or not and that's essentially the sort of setup for it and she ends up getting to into an argument with the people she's supposed to be working for and ends up joining up with these other two so you've got a sort of skeptic a kind of tech guy and a believer who are working together to investigate these paranormal activities it is x-files basically but instead of being aliens it's supernatural things that's pretty much the setup for it but it's perfectly fun uh, it's a cbs show it's exactly the sort of thing you'd expect from a cbs show it's maybe got slightly more edge actually than maybe you would expect from them it's from robert king and michelle king who are the uh, people behind the good fight and the good wife they're solid decent writers interesting kind of different direction for them uh, definitely worth watching though if you like those sort of supernatural shows yeah, I mean, it's not a bad setup, X-Files, but with supernatural monsters. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the easiest way to explain it. And uh, if you go in with that sort of expectation, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. It's a good cast. They're all kind of solid. It's a bit procedurally, but, you know, it's procedural with a difference. You know, I think that's worthwhile. The other thing I wanted to mention as well this week is we've added an update to the Never Miss system on the website. So if you go to geektown.co.uk forward slash Never Miss, We've had this service set up for a while where you can set up alerts for TV shows. So if there is, you want to know when a TV show is coming back, you can obviously go and check the air date page, but you can also now go onto the pages and set up alerts by putting in your email address. And uh, you, the way we had it set up before is you had to go in and put your email address in each time. Now you can go in and set up a free account, which means you can go through the site, you can go to pages, of a TV show you want to be able to track and uh, once you've got your account set up you can go onto the page and just hit a checkbox and say yes I want to know when this show is coming to UK TV and uh, it will send you an email when the page gets updated with a confirmed UK air date and get a list of all the shows that you subscribe to as well and unsubscribe to from there so it just sort of streamlines the system a bit but if you want to find out a bit more about Never Miss go to geektown.co.uk forward slash Never Miss for that and that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So the summer is behind us. Uh, I don't know how that happened. It's been a weird year all round. But as we're now heading into the autumn and the nights are drawing in, the weather's getting colder, what better way to spend those cosy nights at your house than with some delicious craft beer? The guys at Beer 52 are offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet, all for free. All you need to do is go to Beer 52 
fifty-two.com forward slash geektown and just cover the cost of the five ninety-five for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, and all over the USA and Europe. They're a great set of beers. Uh, They're really, really passionate about the UK craft beer scene and are looking to help them out during this weird period that we're in at the moment. If you don't like dark beer and that's not your thing, you can simply choose a light option instead. Your case also comes with the award-winning beer magazine for men and a tasty snack because who doesn't want a snack with their beer if you ever change your mind don't worry you can pause or cancel the account at any time just go to beer 52 that's beer the number five and the number two dot com forward slash geek town to get your first case of eight beers for 5.95 that's beer 52.com forward slash geek town so tv and film news we have the renewals cancellations and pickups first a few cancellations supergirl is ending with season six it's been a big week for melissa benoist because she announced that she and chris wood who played monel on the show have uh, just had their first kid who is called huxley apparently so uh, she's just given birth to her baby and uh, on the same week they've also announced that her show is ending so uh, interesting week for her i guess it was apparently a joint decision between melissa and the producers and the network they decided now was a good time to end it its ratings had been slipping a little bit in the us and i guess possibly with her having a new kid on the way maybe she wants to take some time off for that as well i i don't know but whatever the reason is they've decided to bring it to an end after six seasons so that will be the second arrowverse show that's now gone didn't last quite as long as arrow but never mind you know and we've got the superman series coming now anyway i've fallen behind on quite a few of the arrowverse shows i wasn't really watching a huge amount of supergirl to start with yeah i sort of always viewed it as nice fun background telly i had nothing against it but it wasn't a show that i was sort of clamoring to watch the next episode of yeah I'm kind of with you on that much as I liked Melissa in that role and I thought she was great the show overall I wasn't a huge fan of some of the writing on that series so it felt like it was aimed at a little bit of a younger audience than some of the other shows as well so I don't think I was entirely the target demographic in some ways as well but it was nice enough like it wasn't a show I'd object to watching or being on the television it just wasn't one I went out of my way to watch even though I thought it had quite a fun cast and the episode the first episode they crossed over with the flash was exceedingly funny yeah and the the flash episodes and all the crossover stuff i think they did a great job i think she's great as supergirl and hopefully she will come back and do guest spots and that sort of thing because i mean clearly they're not going to kill off the character by the end of it so i i rather suspect that they will end the series and you know she will be in a position where she can potentially come back and help out on and off we'll have to wait and see exactly what they do but yeah. well, they that could be ending. the best of both worlds if she does yeah. want a break to focus on other things for a bit then coming in as a guest spot keeps everything open keeps the role alive and yeah, um, yeah just allows the people to still enjoy the character but without the responsibility and demands of doing a, a full-time series and as i say they've now got the superman and lois series coming anyway so you're not going to be kind of short of superhero shows 
shows, you know, they've got a new one starting. Still no word on that Green Arrow and Canary series. We don't still don't know whether that's ever likely to actually happen. I know the girl that plays the um, potentially going to play the new Green Arrow apparently is just taking a gig on a mini series. So if it is going to happen, it ain't going to happen anytime soon. But um, it may pop up again at some point in the future. There was talk of them maybe reworking it, but at the moment it's not happening as far as we can tell. The other one that's got cancelled, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is not coming back after its first season. Did you end up watching all of this? Because I actually didn't get to the end of it. I hadn't actually finished it. I think I watched a little bit of like the first episode, but I just wasn't in the right frame of mind for it at the time and never went back to it. It got better as it went on. Yeah. The first couple of episodes, they really hadn't found their feet. Mm. And it was a weird mix of overly kind of just, just exposition, but o- overly done, sort of like quite blunt exposition of just sort of like, here, I can fly because of this reason and characters right. kind of just stating stuff because they were I think they weren't quite sure how many people who were watching it were fans of the, the film how many people were new mm. people coming to it if people that were fans of the film remembered it because it's been quite a long time yeah, and, yes uh, you know, just, just a couple of years we won't say how many <laughs> are I feel old and they didn't really find their feet for a few episodes once it got going however it started to get really really good mm. it was obviously beautiful to look yeah. at absolutely stunning the, the, the puppetry, the practical effects, the sets, everything were amazing. The little touches they put in with 3D on the on the characters, like they might add like, you know, an animation to a tongue on a monster or they might add something right. in the eyes. You know, they put these little bits in there. Some of the wide shot landscapes that were kind of CG were less uh, budget spent on them, let's say. Um, right. So it was a kind of slightly weird mix. Like they, I mean, it was a very ambitious project. And I think to start with, they weren't quite sure exactly where it was going to go. It got really, really good in terms of its plot and character development. And yeah, after sort of the first so many episodes, it it really, really started to grab you. So it's a shame that it's not continuing. However, the more of it I watched, the more I felt like I kept seeing things that didn't work in canon. Right. Okay. So I think they're suffering the we've made a prequel syndrome Mm, um, where it was limiting them in some ways. And I kept seeing things where I was like, because I know the film very, very well. Mm. And I kept seeing things where I'm like, that doesn't quite work with the timeline of this. And that doesn't quite work with right. where this character ends up. And I think they they chose that license to work with because it is so beloved, but also because it's so beloved, that was making it difficult for them. Mm. So, But I do recommend watching the rest of that series because it does have some awesome ideas and some wonderful moments. And it really does get better as it goes on. So I'm sad it's got cancelled, but I can see why it's been cancelled. Right, yeah. I don't know whether it was a expense versus viewing figures or, or what. I, yeah, that usually is the reason that Netflix cancel things is because there aren't enough people watching it based on how much it's cost them to buy it and produce it. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of people didn't finish it. A lot of people did the same as you mm. and started to watch it, couldn't quite get into it and didn't give it as many episodes as it needed to get going. They needed a stronger start. Yeah. If they'd started that series stronger I think that would have made a massive difference so it is a bit of a shame but I can see why it's a business decision it's just such a big risk to make another series of yeah, that yeah yeah so unfortunately yes that won't be coming back again but um I'm glad they try these sort of things it's not something that I think a few years ago we ever would have expected was a prequel to the Dark Crystal so you know I'm glad they try this stuff out in terms of renewals we have uh, Family Guy and Bob's Burgers both 
both renewed for two more seasons, so they're still going strong. Alibi has renewed Traces and We Hunt Together, which was their two Alibi originals. They've both been renewed for second seasons. And Sky have announced that uh, they've commissioned David Williams for two more of the After Ever After things. that He did Cinderella last year, and uh, they're now going to do Jack and the Beanstalk After Ever After and Hansel and Gretel After Ever After, which is a sort of um, continuation of what happens after Cinderella got married to the prince. So, you know, same with Jack and the Beanstalk and Hansel and Gretel. It's the same kind of idea of just taking those fairy tales of kind of what happened next. They could be quite good fun. Pickups advanced day dates and resumed filming. Uh, we were talking last week about Matt was a bit worried about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. That is now filming season two because at the time it wasn't. And literally on Monday, they posted things saying, uh, you know, after we finished the podcast, they started posting things saying filming is now happening. So uh, that is great. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is back. That means that should be safe. It is definitely returning. All Rise, Lucifer and Manifest, the next seasons of those are all filming. Batwoman and Riverdale are back to filming. They actually posted a a shot of um, the new Batwoman in the cowl this week, although apparently the costume is going to be changing over the season as well. So uh, they're going to be making some alterations to the costume. Flash is currently slated to begin its seventh season on the 1st of October. Legends of Tomorrow we targeted for the 5th of October to return to filming as well. So they're all on the way back. Superman and Lois, Titans and Kung Fu, which is the other new CW show, they are all supposed to be back to filming in mid-October. Doom Patrol is supposed to be filming its third season in January as well. So that's mainly all the Belanti shows, basically. Season three of Lost in Space has begun production as well. And the Star Wars Rogue One Casson Andor spin-off series is going to be beginning shooting in October. So hopefully that means we get that at some point next year. So, um, you know, things are managing to get back to work. Most of those are shooting in Vancouver. I'm not sure about Rogue One, but certainly I think the rest of them will shoot in Vancouver. In terms of uh, premiere dates, Truth Seekers, which is the Simon Pregg, Nick Frost new series, that comes to Amazon Prime on the 30th of October. That They've said that will arrive. And the Pretty Little Liars thing that we were talking about last week, this new spin-off series or reboot series, whatever you want to call it, that has been picked up. It's been picked up by HBO Max. It's called Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. And we've got a bit of background for it as well. 20 years ago, a series of tragic events almost ripped the blue-collar town of Millwood apart. Now in the present day, a group of disparate teen girls, a brand new set of little liars, find themselves tormented by an unknown assailant and made to pay for the secret sin their parents committed two decades ago as well as their own. In a dark coming of rage, horror-tinged drama, we find ourselves away from Rosewood, but within the Pretty Little Liars universe, in a brand new town with a new generation of little liars. This comes from Roberto Aguera Sacasta, who is the chief creative officer of Archie Comics and the man behind Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, along with Lindsay Calhoun-Bring, who we also wrote on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So this should be completely up your street. I know how much you adore that show. (laughs) Apparently, I have watched every episode of every season. I still don't know why. Sounds like they're leaning into the horror side a bit more in this version from what he's saying. We're leaning into the suspension horror in this new reboot. Hopefully, we will honour what fans love about the hit series while we've new only expected elements. 
But one of the things that we weren't sure about is whether they were just going to completely reboot it, and they are keeping the original series as canon, which I think is probably quite sensible to do in this. So it is it is a reboot, but it's also a continuation. And I think that's probably the best way to handle this for fans of the existing show, because it does mean that you can bring back old characters as well if you want, which is good. It's been picked up by HBO Max. No idea where it'll land over here. It's very early days yet, but it has now got a broadcaster, so it is definitely coming, that new spin-off. Moving on to other news, Nick Fury is getting his own TV series, apparently, with Samuel L. Jackson reprising the role. Not quite ready to hang up his eye patch yet. We have no other details about what this series is going to be, other than it's going to star Samuel L. Jackson. It's going to come on Disney+, Plus, and it's going to be based around Nick Fury. We do know that the person behind it is quite interesting. It's Kyle Bradstreet, who wrote on Mr. Robot and wrote some really some of the really interesting episodes of Mr. Robot. He also wrote Berlin Station and he wrote on uh, BBC America's TV series Copper as well. He wrote on episodes of that. So it's an interesting writer behind it. It's Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury, which is a role that I think he was very much born to play. Uh, yeah, I'm up for this. I'd quite happily sit and watch that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I sort of looked at some of the, the Marvel Disney Plus stuff and wasn't quite sure on bits of it. Like I'd, I'd stated quite clearly that I had absolutely no interest in WandaVision as a series multiple times. Now I've seen the trailer. I was wrong. That trailer <laughs> looks fascinating and has gone yeah. in a direction I didn't expect. And um, yeah, I eat my proverbial hound, that one. I'm going to watch WandaVision. And yes. as a result, I sort of looked at this and thought, Nick Fury, that could be an interesting series. Yeah, I can kind of see how that would work. He's a really strong character. The fact they've got Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll you know, I'm just going to assume it's going to be awesome now based on the fact that they're getting me to watch WandaVision. And I don't like either of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe's version of that those particular characters. Yeah. Um, so if they can get me to watch a series about two characters who are my least favourites in the cinematic versions, then I'm clearly going to watch this one. Yeah. WandaVision as well, they are saying he's definitely coming in December. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. I'm, I do want to see really that one. I'm really excited now for yeah. a show I thought I wasn't going to care about. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's really quite interesting, that trailer. Um, they, they are going in a very interesting direction. It looks like we are actually going to get to see Wanda actually be powerful, which we never really saw on the uh, cinematic version. So I, I'm really intrigued by that. That's going to be followed by Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've then got Loki coming in Yay! 2021. We've also got a She-Hulk series coming, which as we announced last week, Tatiana Maslany is going to be taking the lead in that, which I am incredibly happy about because she's amazing. Yeah, she's going to be excellent in that role. Yes. Gives you a new cosplay. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to escape that. I don't mind being compared to Tatiana Maslany. I wish I looked like her. So that's fine with me. Then we've got a Hawkeye series coming at some point. Moon Knight and Miss Marvel are the other ones. So uh, we don't know where Nick Fury may fit into that list. Um, we don't know exactly the dates for all those other than, you know, Wonder Vision this year, then Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki next year. After that, we're not sure. But uh, yeah, I'd be very happy to see a Nick Fury series. I, I think this is going to be interesting. Presumably he's back on Earth because that wasn't where we left him at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. So we'll see. It looks good, though. I'm definitely up for that. Moving on, more superhero stuff. Amazon are developing a boys spin-off, a spin-off to the boys about a college of superheroes, in quotes. The boys, obviously, season two is airing on Amazon Prime right now. They've 
actually fast tracked the development of this spin-off series because the boys is going down so well for Amazon. I think the second season had like one of its largest launches ever. Most watched global launch of any Amazon original series with uh, nearly double the worldwide viewership of season one in the first two weeks, apparently. Wow, uh, that's awesome. For for one of these, on list of things I never thought would get made into series, this was one of the things that was on that list of things I never thought TV companies would adapt because they're so hard hitting along with things like Happy, which also has been adapted. Mm. Um, So I'm so happy to see how well received it has been. I I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting till the whole series is out to then do a binge watch and it's getting more and more difficult as I hear more and more good things. Yeah, second season's a little slow to get going, but I think binging through it actually might be the better way to watch it just because it wasn't conceived as a weekly release. It was conceived as it being released altogether and it wasn't until quite late on they decided that they were going to release it weekly so I think the first couple of episodes are seem a little bit slow when you're having to wait weekly for them and it's not until you kind of get them all together that it starts to really get going I'm really enjoying it though it has been really good this series and uh, some of the new characters have been great this spin-off series is set in America's only college exclusively for young adult superheroes or soups run by Vought though so you know they're not really heroes new series it's going to be another R-rated show explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical sexual and moral boundaries to the test competing for the best contracts in the best cities part college show part hunger games or with the heart satire and brunch of the boys is the way it's being described I rather like this setup for it I think it sounds really interesting it's coming from Craig Rosenberg who is one of the writers exact producers of the boys Eric Kripke is also on to exact produce along with Rogan and Goldberg who are also exact producing so basically the same team behind it it's just going to have a different main writer because obviously Kripke is working on the boys main show so Craig Rosenberg is going to be the person that oversees this I I think this sounds great (laughs) I think it will be awesome because I think the way they've handled the show and the direction of taking it in and how they've chosen to adapt and change things has worked really well I don't think this college is in the comics no I think think this is a new creation which entirely makes sense within the world so that's pretty awesome as well I mean somebody correct me if I'm wrong I'm sure somebody will in in comments and things somewhere I haven't read the comic in a very long time and I don't think I've even read all of it either but I loved it and I don't think this is in there or is not a major part in any way shape or form so the idea that they're expanding the world Mm. is kind of cool and I do I do like that as an idea making a spin-off that is an expansion that definitely fits the themes and motifs of the series so far I think it will be good I think it will be good and I'm going to assume that based on the content of the boys and what they've said about this one that although the characters and the protagonists are going to be including lots of teenagers that it isn't actually going to be aimed at teenagers per se no I don't think they're about to make a teen drama version of the boys no I mean it does specifically say it is going to be an R-rated show so So I'm I'm assuming I'm going to assume that this is uh, going to be just as brutal as the mainline series it certainly seems like it uh, yeah I think I think I'm going to watch that I think so yeah I think it will be good I will definitely be up for that Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying the second season of it so uh, yeah you know I'm totally down for that even more superhero 
stuff, comic book stuff this week as well. Lastly, The Suicide Squad, which is James Gunn's upcoming film, has already got a TV spin-off based around Peacemaker, who is one of the Suicide Squad characters, played by John Senna. They're making a TV show. It's an eight-episode show. It's a prequel, so it's not like he suddenly got plot armor for the movie. He could very well still die in the film, but uh, the spin-off is going to be a prequel series. Peacemaker, if I remember, was sort of described as kind of an a-hole version of Captain America. He's, he's essentially the sort of strapline for that character. We don't know exactly what the show is going to be. It says it will explore the origins of the character that he will play in the film, a man that believes in peace in any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. So that's the, the basic premise of the character. Peacemaker is an opportunity to delve into the current world issues through the lens of a superhero slash supervillain and the world's biggest douchebag, Commodore Gun. I'm excited to expand the Suicide Squad and bring the character from DC Film Universe into full breadth of a series. And of course, I'll be able to work with John Peter and my friends at Warner Brothers, the icing on the cake. I think this sounds like it could be fun. I mean, it very much depends on how good the Suicide Squad film is, but I think they have a lot riding on it by the sound of it. Risky decision, because if the movie bombs, then they're already deep in production on a TV series. So they've obviously got confidence that the movie's going to work, I think. Yeah, also it's a, it's an interesting choice to make a TV spin-off from because I think it's a character that your general cinema-going people won't even have yeah. heard of. I think that's yeah. fair to say. It's an interesting choice. It isn't what I, I would have guessed as an obvious choice in any way, shape or form. He's an old character. He's been around for a while. He's changed a lot over time as well. He's never been that popular of a character. He no. started in the 60s, I think. He's right. a, I think he's a late 60s character. And I don't think the incarnation we have now bears a huge amount of resemblance to the original. I think he starts off as a, a pacifist and then something happens to him and then then he just believes by any means necessary, you know, sort of like the ends justify the means. But he's not one I know a huge amount. So I was quite surprised to hear that he's going to have his own show. I mean, hats off to them if they can make it work and they can they can utilize the character in that way. That just opens the, the gates, I think, for more lesser known characters to get series and things. So that could be a good one. But yeah, weird choice to do it before the film has dropped. Yeah, the series, I think he's going to land after the film has come out. But it's weird that they are commissioning it before the movie comes out. But then, I mean, they've commissioned, or, or certainly they were talking about a potential of doing a Gotham PD series attached to the Batman movie with the same guy involved as well. Well, yeah. that. So, that's a bit of a safer bet, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a bit of a safer bet. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. It's not a character that I know particularly well. And I mean, I'm, I'm a huge DC Comics fan. Uh, you're right, he was around 66 was when he first appeared, although, the, you know, he, the version then was very different to the version that we have now but if they think they can make it work then why not you know I'm, I'm up for that I think uh, and Johnson is another guy that's pretty watchable I think on screen so yeah I think he is the selling point here rather than yes a character that not that many people have heard of from DC yes it's all good it's another one on HBO Max though and I do wish somebody had done a deal just for all the HBO Max shows. I think Sky missed a trick when they re-upped their HBO deal of not signing the HBO Max shows in with it. I mean, admittedly, that probably would have cost them a lot more money, but I think they missed a trick there because it would have been nice to know that 
these are all going to come automatically to somewhere in the UK rather than get sold to the highest bidder. But anyway, we'll see whether that, when and where that eventually shows up. It's scheduled to begin production in early 2021, so it is a while off yet. He's going to be doing that prior to beginning work on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's the plan. One to look forward to anyway, I think. So that's all the news we have for this week. Let's move on to some highlights from next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We have Fresh Off the Boat Season 5. That has finally landed somewhere in the UK. That's on Comedy Central, 1st of October at 8pm. That has arrived. Uh, that's been bounced around from, I think, Channel 5 had it, and then Amazon had it, and uh, Comedy Central have it now. So, uh, 1st of October for Fresh Off the Boat Season 5 on Comedy Central. Have I Got News For You is back for its 60th season. That's on the 2nd of October at 9pm. I think they're back in the studio, although they're certainly talking about being back in the studio for that so uh, that'll be good that's on BBC One Brave New World coming 2nd of October to Sky One uh, I don't have the time on there for some reason but uh, that'll be kind of 8-9pm that is the Peacock series which is a adaptation of Aldous Huxley's classic dystopian novel very much looking forward to that it looks really interesting but 2nd of October on Sky One for that then 3rd of October Britbox have the new series of Spitting Image which uh, looks like I mean the puppets themselves alone just look really vicious it looks very much like what old spit image was I don't know how well it's going to go down but I'm very intrigued to see it but uh, Brickbox UK have got that on the 3rd of October that's the new series of spitting image Top Gear is back for its 29th season but on BBC One for the very very first time that's the 4th of October at 8pm that comes back then we have Saturday Night Live is returning on the 4th of October that's in Sky Comedy for the 46 series I think Chris Rock is opening the show for that so uh, that's back then as I mentioned earlier on Monday next week we have Fear the Walking Dead season 10 finale uh, in quotes because they've added six more episodes to it but what was going to be the finale of season 10 5th of October at 9pm on Fox UK for that then you can jump over onto Amazon Prime and watch World Beyond which lands on Amazon Prime on the 5th of October as well watch the finale episode first because I suspect there's something in there that will lead into World Beyond. They're supposed to be watched that side round, even though World Beyond will probably be on Amazon Prime before Fox air that final episode, but I would watch it afterwards. So Walking Dead will be on 5th of October on Amazon Prime. Walking Dead season 10 finale, that's on the 5th of October at 9pm on Fox UK. Pen 15, the first half of season 2, that lands on the 5th of October at 9pm on Sky Comedy. CSI Cyber which is a very long dead series but season 2 never aired over here and now it is going to that's on CBS Justice on the 5th of October at 9pm CBS Justice not a channel that I really used very much but uh, go and have a look for it but that's CSI Cyber season 2 if you want to watch that and The Twilight Zone returns for season 2 on the 6th of October at 10pm but it is on Sky 1 not Sci-Fi this time around so uh, go and check that out on Sky 1 that's The Twilight Zone season 2 6th of October at 10pm and that is everything for this week I think there's enough to be getting on with there so where can people find you if they want to go and find more about your stuff I can be found uh, generally just all over the internet just just like just, just <laughs> everywhere really at the moment I've lost track of time and all of this for apparently to call back to the start of the show uh, from the beginning of a well so the Wi-Fi is yes. definitely getting better down here uh, I should have put an echo <laughs> god damn it I've got an effects board I should have put an echo on this bit <laughs> never mind pretend there's an echo and I'm 
very funny. Um, so <laughs> I I am over on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all as Trista Bites, spelt B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I'd make a pun of my name and that would be funny. And I'm streaming full time. So if you'd like to come and hang out and talk about all kinds of geek nonsense or just watch me be terrified, uh, check out the schedule over on twitch.tv slash Trista Bites and uh, we'd love to see you there. Yes, go and check out Bex over there. The streams are usually very, very funny. And for other people, you can go and check out Matt on entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts. Of course, if The Walking Dead is coming back, that means that uh, we are starting The Walking Dead podcast again, so you'll be able to go and check that out. We also have over on Entertainment Talk the Breaking Bad podcast, which me and Matt did. That is going out weekly for season one of Breaking Bad. Such a great show. Really, really enjoyed watching back through those. And you can go and check out Daryl over on hollywoodnewsource.com as well so go and check him out there for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.